Morning, everyone. Is everyone okay? It's good to know. So a title for my message is Singles Can Live Life to the Full. And I want to use the Bible to talk about attitudes towards singleness, as well as impacts that single people can have in the church, in their local communities. Now, I found some quotes about being single that I appreciate being a single person myself, quite enjoyed, that I wanted to share with you. First one's a bit of poetry. You did not like poetry, did you? Yeah? So here it is. It's about singleness. Roses are red, violets are blue, a pot noodle's cheaper than dinner for two. <laughs> Good poetry, that, isn't it? Another quote that I quite enjoyed. A man without a woman is a bachelor, but every woman without a man is a genius. <laughs> Guys, we should be a bit concerned. There's a lot of women agreeing to that comment. No prizes for figuring out whether that was a man or a woman that said that. In popular culture, many lifestyles have been accepted, but I don't think the single lifestyle is one of them. Being single is seen as many as a disease or a condition that you must get rid of as soon as possible. I know some single people get on just fine and are happy, but I also know singles who struggle and are very miserable. And many people find themselves single for different reasons. Some have chosen singleness. Some are now single after going through a breakup. Some will be widows or widowers where their spouse or partner has sadly passed away and have remained single ever since. Others are single because they fear rejection, so they don't approach somebody who interests them. Some have tried to pursue relationships. They've approached people, but those people who they've approached aren't interested in them in return. There's some people that avoid relationships because they're afraid of commitment and intimacy. There's also Christians in the world who are same-sex attracted, but because they believe in the biblical understanding of marriage only being for a man and a woman, they have chosen the celibate life. Others feel called by God to live a single life, and there will undoubtedly be other examples I have not mentioned. But this topic covers many people in a wide variety of situations. Now what I want to promote this morning is a different message a message that cuts across our culture today, a message that's biblical, a more positive message for those who are single. But this is as well not just a message just for single people. So if you're married today in a relationship, don't think, all right, I don't need to listen to this now. Please keep listening because, you know, I'm going to talk about how married people can support single people too. And I would say the same thing to singles who are listening to a talk about marriage or parenthood. It's important as brothers and sisters in Christ, we know what each other is going through so we can support each other and pray for one another. Okay. Now this topic covers many issues, benefits, drawbacks and situations and I'll not cover everything. Everyone at some point in their lives has been single. In your experience of being single, whether those experiences are past or present, or good or bad, will be very different to what my experiences are. But this morning, if you feel that there's something important that I haven't covered, then make sure you speak to the elders and you share what's on your heart. Your input on this topic is very important. As Simon's already announced, we're having a discussion next Sunday night in Melbourne House at 7pm about the subject of adult singleness in the church. And again, I would just want to encourage you to join us as your thoughts are just as important as mine. 
And remember, this isn't just for single people. Anyone who's interested, anyone who feels it can contribute is more than welcome to come. Okay, so that leads me to my first point in my message. Being single does not mean you're alone. I'm going to say that again. Being single does not mean you're alone. We read in Genesis 2.18, God saying to Adam, it's not good that man should be alone. So God's response to this thought was to create Eve and provide a wife for Adam. I know some Christians who read this and they'll say that God doesn't approve of the single life because he mentioned this to Adam in Genesis. And I have to say straight away, I think that's ridiculous and I think that's totally incorrect. Okay, I'm not going to sit on the fence on that one. Adam's purpose was to fill the earth by providing a female companion. So here, God's addressing not only Adam's loneliness, but his calling as well. But now with over 7 billion people on this planet, the need to multiply is nowhere near as severe as it was when it was just Adam on his own. But another reason for Adam to have a wife and not be alone was to fulfill a need, and that need was to be in community with others. Being in a romantic relationship is not the only way you can achieve this. Strong relationships with parents, family, friends, and being part of the church can help singles avoid loneliness. This is not just me babbling on about my opinions. This comes from the Word of God. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-10 describes the value of a friend. When I'm reading this, just think of your best friend. Try not to think of it as your wife. Try and think of it as a friend that you get on with really well says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who's alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. But there's also verses on children honouring their parents and being obedient to them. And to be obedient to your parents means that you need to be in relationship with them. Now my parents love this verse. They always quote this to me all the time. Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Put your hand up if you like that verse. I've seen a lot of parents with their hands up. I've seen a lot of sons and daughters rolling their eyes up to that. But what I'm going to say to that is, because I don't want to sound sheltered, but I'm really thankful to God for my parents. I have an amazing mum and dad, and they're just such a massive encouragement and blessing to me. And... But what I want to say as well is I don't want to sound sheltered because I know that's not the case for everybody. Not everyone has a warm relationship with their parents. And if you're single and you don't have any close family, like parents or siblings, please allow us to support you. Allow us to be your family because you are important. And God wants to bring you into community with others. Now, I'm not saying that to replace your family, but to extend it, to offer you the support you may need. And I say this because another way to avoid loneliness is to be part of the church. Ephesians 4, 15 to 16 speaks of believers coming together in unity to be the body of Christ, using our skills, using our gifts, using our abilities to make the church stronger and impact our local communities. What a vision that is, and we're all part of it. However, the ultimate solution of avoiding loneliness is being in a relationship with God. And when you're in a relationship with God, you are spending time with your Heavenly Father and you will experience the love that you need. I love what it says in Romans 8, 37 to 39. 
It describes God's love being so great that we'll be more than conquerors. Now, my whole identity is not that I'm a single man or that I'm 33 years old or that I'm still living at home with parents and I enjoy eating my mum's chocolate cake every week and, or that I'm an uncle or that I like football or that I work with disabled people. My identity is in Christ. I'm a child of God. We are children of God. The late Jack Frost of Shiloh Ministries writes an amazing book called Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. And he writes about those who seek fulfillment through anything other than Christ. And that includes relationships. That includes living a single life and just going at it on your own. He claims that those people have an orphan mindset. Because they haven't grasped what being a child of God is. They haven't grasped what their identity in Christ really is. And we are told lies by the world that if we're single, we're hopeless, or that you must, the only way you could experience love is to have sex. But the truth is, we don't have to live like orphans. We are children of God. We are sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. And God's love is greater than any love that any other can offer. It's greater than any parent, spouse, friend, or family member can offer. Sorry to say that, ma'am. Just want to apologize for that. But 1 John 4 verse 8 says that God is love. It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So that's the first important thing to get. Being single does not mean you're alone. And the second point I want to make this morning is that singles are vital to the church. So as I mentioned before, everyone has different experiences of being single. So to highlight this point, I'd just like to invite Lou now to come up and share some of her story. So let's give Lou a warm welcome. Good morning. Slightly terrified. Um, okay. First thing I'd like to say is just how um, encouraged I've been by the worship this morning because a lot of what's come through in worship this morning is what I want to talk to you about this morning. Um, this is just my story. I'm not preaching anything. I'm just telling you about my experiences. Being single wasn't my choice. I was married for 15 years to a Christian man with whom I shared two wonderful sons. Not here this morning. They're with their dad. I wasn't expecting to become a single parent aged nearly 40. I had expected to grow old with my life partner. We'd received many prophecies over the years about God's plans for our lives and his purposes for our family. And this meant that however difficult our relationship became, and I know that all marriages experience difficulty, that's the way it is from time to time, I was convinced that there was a future and a hope for our relationship and that God's best was for us to remain together and to work things through. But that's not what happened. It became clear it wasn't possible for us to reconcile and we divorced about six years ago. And since then, I've been on a journey. My initial feelings of rejection and hurt and anger have taken a long time to process. And I'd be lying to say that I no longer feel the pangs of these occasionally. However, I have known the faithfulness of God throughout. And by clinging to him and his promises over my life, I've weathered ups and downs on an emotional roller coaster. And I'm thankful for the support and kindness and prayers and compassion of my family. My mum and dad are here too. You know them, Les and Judy. And my sister Mel and her family who visited occasionally. I've also got really close friends in Jubilee. Shirley, Charlotte and Ellie, 
who have listened to me without judgment and helped me through, and I really appreciate it. Over the years, I've kept a journal, and when Raj asked me if I'd be willing to share about my experiences of singleness, I went to that straight away. In it, I've kept a record of prophecies and words of encouragement that I've received, as well as passages of scripture which have really spoken to me. And there are some which I regularly call to mind and which are a real source of strength. For example, as many of you know, I live very close to the North Yorkshire Moors. a great place to be. I love it. And I really believe that that location has been God's gift to me as a place of healing. I'm still regularly reminded as I walk Farley of the words of Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from God, the maker of heaven and earth. And this psalm has really helped remind me over the course of the last few years to run into God when things are tough. It reminds me that even when I feel alone, he is watching over me. And another passage that's spoken to me recently is Isaiah 54. It talks about a barren woman and a rejected wife being restored. And although it was written to address the nation of Israel and give them hope of a restored future glory after God's judgment, there are verses which I feel God's spoken to me as a promise for me and my family. He is my redeemer. He will teach my sons. He will establish me in righteousness and he will be my vindication. I want to be honest about some of the things I've struggled with. One of the most has been feeling alone and feeling isolated. I felt after my separation and divorce like I wasn't even sure of my identity anymore, even down to my name. Can I still call myself Mrs. Watts? Should I go back to my maiden name? I felt as though I'd lost my covering and was exposed and vulnerable. And my response has been to build walls. I'm pretty good at it. I can make myself appear much more strong and independent than I actually feel at times. And I'm very good at putting distance between myself and other people. My self-defense mechanisms are strong. And part of my journey over the last few years has been learning to be open with other people, to let myself be vulnerable. So today's a big deal. Being an active part of the church community is still difficult at times for things both practical and personal. A lot of the settings that we meet in as a church will have me entering into a room by myself that's full of families, couples, and if I'm feeling vulnerable, then that's difficult. I'm still working on it. But God has consistently spoken to me that he is my covering and he is my refuge. Another of my struggles has been being a single parent. I've got teenage boys. That's scary. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. And I've felt really angry that my children have been hurt by the breakdown of our family unit. No parent ever wants to be the cause of pain for their children. And I've experienced guilt and heartache over this, and I still do. I often feel inadequate, as I know all parents do. It's an occupational hazard. And despite their father continuing to be a regular part of my boy's life and a generous provider for them, I've missed being able to share those day-to-day burdens and cares with someone who is of the same mind and believes God for them. You might be forgiven for thinking that I'm focusing on the negatives of my singleness, and that isn't my intention. My journey has been an opportunity to press into God and to lean on him rather than my own understanding. That's Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. I can honestly say that although I've struggled, I don't regret now that I'm single. I've always known that God is my refuge, 
and it has been he who has carried me through my crises. And although I still don't know what the future holds for me, and in many ways I lack the security I hope to have by this stage in my life, I'm still clinging to God, and I'm still convinced that he's faithful and his plans for me are good. I don't know how things will turn out, but I do know I can trust him. He's my covering, and he will not let me down. He continues to speak words of encouragement to me through his word, through prophecy, through worship lyrics. You never let go. My anchor holds within the veil all the songs we've sung this morning, and through daily reminders all around me that he is sovereign. Just look at the world around you. If you ever want a bit of encouragement, look at the sun shining, hear a bird sing, walk your dog on the moors, it's fab. (laughs) I can trust him to never forsake me because he's not a man that he should lie. That's Numbers 23, 19. And his promises to me are to do me good and to give me a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29. Earlier on this year, I wrote the following. Lord, you are my strength and my song every day. Beyond reason, you are my peace. Your love sustains and guides me. You're my refuge in stormy seas. You have promised good to me, and I will hold on to your truth. Be still, my soul, and wait for the Lord, for he alone is faithful. I stir up my psalm of praise as I remember all your goodness. You rejoice over me with singing and you quiet me with your love. How amazing, how great is your grace. Your mercies are new every morning. What good gifts you give. My soul knows it very well. Abba, I am yours. And as we were singing this morning, we sang a song about being loved by God, a good, good father. And I just want to draw your attention to one little word in the chorus I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's not what I am. It's who I am. And that really spoke to me this morning again, just that God has given me a new identity. Who I am is loved by God. Thank you, Lou, for sharing that powerful testimony. And all that would have been appreciated. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm lost for words. Um, appreciated by everyone. And there's um, going to be people here this morning as well who can relate to what you've shared. So thank you. But what, what Lou's done is um, she's shown that single people are vital to the church. We need single people in the church. And there's many fantastic scriptures that offer guidance and commendation for those who are married, but there's also amazing things noticed about singles too. Lou's mentioned the barren woman in Isaiah. Eunuchs are mentioned as well because they live the celibate life for the sake of the kingdom. But probably the most famous is Paul's letter to the Corinthian church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 32 to 33, it says, He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, but he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Now here, Paul's not degrading marriage. What he's stating is that when you're single, it's easier for you to harness your focus more on God. And those of you for families, think of all the time you've got to spend with your families and then do things for God as well. Well, single people, I suppose, well, a lot of them don't have that opportunity, have that, have that um, time-consuming thing. So they can maybe, it's easy for them to focus more of their time on God. 
And Paul would know that because he accomplished lots of things for the kingdom as a single man. And I really believe that many singles can accomplish many great things for God in the world today, and they can live life to the full. I have a friend from Warrington who is single, and she is living life to the full. She's built a youth group in her estate in Orford, where a church is based, and the work is growing. Young people are accepting Jesus. And she's a blessing to everyone she works with. She's working in schools. And I've also had the privilege of working with her, serving with her in mission in Warrington. Also, with a couple of other Christians, she set up a computer gaming ministry called CGN, which stands for Christian Gaming Network. And this is an online outreach aimed at people who are interested in computer consoles and games. And what they've done is they've set up online forums where they can build friendships and discuss computer games with people. And by doing this, CGN is using gaming as a bridge that will lead them to the opportunity to share their faith with others. So what these guys have done is, you know all those people who lock themselves in the bedroom playing the Xbox and Playstations? They've found a way to reach those people. An amazing ministry. I've also got another friend who's from uh, that sort of area. And a few years ago, her dad passed away. She's been single for a very long time. She's in her 30s and she still lives with her mother. Now, this friend of mine, when you hear her pray, things happen. It's amazing. She just shakes things up. She's a prayer warrior, okay? And also, what her mother and her do is they go out and they reach lots and lots of people. So they go into cities like Manchester. They do street evangelism. They heal people on the streets. They visit the sick in hospital. And on occasions, they'll go out on mission to Kenya. And this mother and daughter are such amazing women of God. They are valuable to the kingdom. They're both single, but both are living life to the full. And being single does give the freedom to do amazing things for God. It can be difficult, but it gives you opportunities to serve others. And I believe that for some single people, they'll remain that way for the rest of their lives. And singleness, according to Scripture, is a gift from God. 1 Corinthians 7, 7 to 8, Paul says, I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it's good for them to remain single as I am. So there you go, singleness according to the word of God is a gift, very different to what the world is saying. And if you're single this morning, you play a vital part in this church. I want to strongly say this, you're not cursed, you're blessed. Okay, I know some people who are single and they want to meet someone and get married one day. You know what? That is a beautiful dream. But what I would say to that is it's important to wait for God's timing. And you don't have to wait to be in a relationship with someone to live life to the full because you are already living with the one who promises life to the full in the first place. And if being single is a good enough lifestyle for Jesus, then it should be a good enough lifestyle for others too. And I'm so thankful to God that there's plenty of single people in our churches who are dedicated to building the kingdom. I know someone who has just recently split up from his wife. Um, he described that moment when he realised his marriage was over, that he spent hours on his kitchen floor crying. He was just crying because he didn't know what to do. He didn't see the way ahead. Um, he was crying for God to help him, to show him what to do next. So what God did was he gave him time to grieve. He gave him time to process the pain that he was going through. He gave him time to heal. 
He saw my friend Mark, he took that time to get himself back together to find out what God wanted him to do next. And once he healed a bit more, once he got himself back together, God used my friend to carry out work with homeless people. And now he's doing loads of outreach work on the streets of Wigan. And he's doing talks in schools. He's raising awareness about homelessness. And God's given him a mission. And he's sharing the gospel with young people and adults. And it's amazing work that he's doing. This charity he works for is called the Joshua Den Project. And the, and the people who he works with in this charity have stepped up and have given him the family and fellowship he needs to do great things. Just like those people who Lou mentioned here at Jubilee. My friend is shown a great way to live life to the full, to use his singleness to serve others. So whatever the situation you find yourself in, there is always hope. Never give up. Believe in what God can do to, in you. You matter to him and you are vital to the church. And that leads me to my final point, that singles are part of the family. And whether you're single or married, you can show support to others who are single in the church. And reading the Bible, and if I was to give another single person advice, I would say is if you're struggling being single, give your burdens over to God. Just let him have that baggage. Don't carry it yourself. Don't rush into a relationship with someone just so you can say you're spoken for. Tell God how you feel. Get Christian people to get alongside you, who you trust, who you can talk things through, who you can pray with, and you can get some support. I know I've heard this said to me many times by single people, that they have this fear of dying alone. But the truth is that when you're a Christian, it's impossible to die alone. Christians don't die. They inherit eternal life. You matter to God, so spend time with him, and I promise you, he will show you the way. And if you want to know how to support single people in the church, then a big thing you can do is remind them that they are part of the family. There's some challenges for single people. I find this myself, that there's this danger of being very inward-looking, especially people like myself, where I've got no kids, and it's just me, and I'm, I'm used to just doing things on my own without asking anybody else for permission. And sometimes I can look out for number one, a bit too much, okay? And sometimes I think married people find it a bit more natural to look out because they've got to sort of rush it by somebody else. So what I would say is if you find somebody in the church, and that includes me who's turning into a bit of a one-man band instead of being part of the body of Christ, challenge them. If I'm doing that, give me a kick up the backside. It's good to do that. I can take it. Right, so singles need to value those, though, who are married as well, Okay. Proverbs 18:22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord. So those in marriage have been blessed from God and they've received a beautiful gift. But sometimes single people can just totally mock the whole idea of marriage. And also some single people just avoid the lifestyle of marriage because they just don't want anything to do with it. They don't like the thought of being tied to someone. And they find the whole idea of marriage being tiresome and costly. But I know some other single people as well who can resent other people's marriages because they're jealous as they don't have that type of relationship for themselves. But you know what? It's so special when single people show their support to their family and friends who've got married, especially if they expect married people to show them respect in return. People who are married do amazing things for God too, not just through single people. 
And the truth is, we're all part of the same family. So if one or two succeeds, we all succeed. That's the way it should be. And some of us may need reminding that we're part of a team. We're part of a family. And we, but we must also not just see family as a nuclear family, where it only involves immediate relatives or spouse or kids, and everyone else is not welcome to be part of it. Many believe in the lie that they cannot be part of a family because they're unmarried, single, not a parent, without a parent, or they don't fit into their nuclear family. But thankfully, thankfully, we have a heavenly father who thinks differently, and he wants to adopt us all into his family. Ephesians 1 verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Listen to this part. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we're all encouraged by God to be part of his family. All are welcome. No one should be singled out. And as a church, though, we need to be sensitive to single people. Whatever their reason for being single is, it's not as easy just telling them to just get on with it, especially when they're surrounded by all this media that promotes that they need to be in relationship and they're not living because they are single. I know there's many single people who are content, so let's pray that their strength continues. However, there are many singles out there who are hurting, angry, and have low self-esteem, and they need our support and love. And those who are hurting need to know that even though right now they don't feel very loved at the moment, even though they, don't, they feel rejected, that they can turn to the Lord for strength, who loves them and will never reject them. I thought it was so... I want to finish on this. I thought it was so powerful when Lou said that her journey has been an opportunity to press into God, to lean on him rather than her own understanding. Lou mentioned that she clings to God. She believes that he's faithful and his plans are good, even though at times she would struggle to make sense of those plans. And sometimes I find that when we're unhappy and distressed and we're going through a difficult time, Life can be very unpredictable and unsettling. And it can be like, on an air, like being on an aeroplane that's going down. And it's going down for a crash landing. And before you got on this plane, you did not know the plane was going to do that. If you knew the plane was going to crash, you wouldn't have got on it in the first place. But you find yourself on this aeroplane. It's shaking, it's dark, it's lonely. It's going down, it's descending. And you have no idea how you're going to survive this situation. You feel as if you're in a hopeless situation. And you're looking down the plane and you find, you're trying to find a sign of hope. You're trying to see a way forward. But then you see some hope. You see a parachute. You see a parachute that's tied to the side. Now, when you see the parachute, what do you do? Well, you don't reject or ignore the parachute. You don't spend time blaming the parachute for the plane going down. And you definitely don't throw the parachute away. No, what is it you do? You cling on to the parachute. You put it on, you fasten it to yourself tightly, and you use the parachute. You jump off the plane before it crashes, and you pull the cord, and the parachute is powerful, and it gets you through, and it gets you to safety. And what I want to say is this. When you feel like your life is crashing down, when you feel lonely, when you feel like there's no hope, put the arms of Christ on. Put on the parachute that God has provided and use it. Don't go at it alone. I'm not saying it's going to be easy to go through the hurt, but I promise you will make it through.
and you will become stronger because you have proceeded through God's strength. And I promise you will live life to the full. And whatever issues you go through in your life, whether they relate to singleness or not, look to the Lord and say, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. Amen.